Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're taking a look at why we might be experiencing a global debt crisis. So far, virtually nobody in a position of authority is admitting that we have a debt crisis. As I said on the show a couple of days ago, when a balloon bursts, it's very often the case that the pin gets the blame, and it's almost never the pin's fault. Before we can understand the problem, we need to go back to a few basic definitions. The first thing is that debt is a claim on future earnings. The only way to liquidate a debt is for those future earnings to be equal or greater than the debt service. The problem we have globally is that debt has been growing at a much faster rate than the economy. You can go to the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis website and clearly see their graphs using their FRED system, and you see the lines of global debt and GDP diverging. But this is not entirely accurate. The reason is the GDP is measured in real terms, which is inflation adjusted, and debt is reported in nominal terms, which is not inflation adjusted. But even if you look at these two graphs in nominal terms, you would easily conclude that the world's financial system should have blown up decades ago. So the question is, why hasn't the debt system blown up? Debt is still growing faster than GDP. Why is it this house of cards has not come crashing down yet? As recently as two weeks ago, Jerome Powell admitted to the congressional hearings that our current path of exponentially growing debt is clearly not sustainable. Well, the answer can be found in the silent tax, the devaluation of the currency, what we commonly call inflation. That's the magic through which we pay back every single penny and still cheat the lender out of their money. The fact is, in our current monetary system, all currencies loaned into existence. And on today's show, we're going to do some math to see the impact of inflation on the value of a loan. No doubt you've heard the lesson from school teachers and parents warning you about the perils of borrowing money. By the time you've paid the loan, you've paid nearly double the cost of the original sale price. So let's imagine you buy a house and you borrow a million dollars at 5% for 25 years. Your monthly payment would be $5,824 for 25 years. And at the end of 25 years, you would have paid back $1,746,000. At face value, it looks like you're paying much more than the original loan amount. But what happens to that $1,746,000 after 25 years if the rate of inflation is 3% a year? At the end of 25 years, that $1,746,000 is now worth $815,568, or about 20% less than the original $1 million face value of the loan. Have you ever noticed that the Federal Reserve Chairman has been steadily speaking about needing to get inflation down to some magical 2% target? Well, it turns out the Bank of Canada has the same target, and wouldn't you know it, of all coincidences, the European Central Bank has exactly the same target. So let's have a look at what happens to that million dollars after 25 years if the rate of inflation is 2% instead of 3% in our last example. Let's see what that magic 2% is all about. Well, it turns out that $1,746,000 comprising both principal and interest has been devalued to just over a million dollars. It's a million and 53,000. That's awfully close to our original million dollar face value of the loan. How is it that 2% inflation can devalue the loan faster than the 5% interest rate being paid on the loan? Well, the answer lies in the way that a loan is amortized. In the early days of the loan, your payment is mostly interest and a small amount of principal. Once you get past the halfway point, the payment, which remains constant throughout the life of the loan, 
that payment has an ever-increasing proportion of principal and less and less interest. You're making payments on a prior year's purchase with future dollars that are worth less and less with each passing year. Inflation can be compared with theft, with cheating. There's a wealth transfer happening before your very eyes. It's hidden in plain sight. Imagine if you were to go to Vegas and play a game of poker at the casino tables. What would happen if one of the players at the table had a magic stool that would print additional cards on demand? I could imagine a couple of thugs would take you out back and break your knees. But we do have a player like that at the table with a magic printing press. These are the central bankers tasked with the authority to print money. They can add more dollars at will. In fact, they added $300 billion to the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve last week alone. So now that you know what happens to the loan in an inflationary environment, you can clearly see that you don't have to be the one with the magic printing press in order to benefit from inflation. Let's look at one more scenario. What happens if inflation gets well above the targeted 2% rate? What happens if inflation hits at 10%, just like we've experienced in the past year? Our million-dollar loan, if that inflation rate were to persist, would now be devalued down to $125,000 after 25 years. Well, it turns out these wealth transfers are happening all around us. Some are subtle, like inflation. Some are brazen, like the takeover of Credit Suisse by UBS. UBS paid only 7% of book value to purchase a rival bank. That means 93% of the equity was wiped out. In addition to that fire sale price, UBS managed to convince the Swiss Central Bank to backstop the purchase with an additional $6 billion if needed. UBS bought Credit Suisse for free. In that scenario, the enterprise value of Credit Suisse would be a negative $3 billion. And none of the shareholders in Credit Suisse got to vote on the sale of the company to UBS. It was forced upon them. That looks like a theft from any decent point of view. So I'm here to share an opinion. And that opinion is that inflation is here to stay. Central governments need inflation. That's why they want it to be 2% and not zero. And now that you know inflation exists, and it's going to be with us for a very long time, the question becomes how can you as a real estate investor be the beneficiary of that wealth transfer? And the answer lies in debt. You get too much debt, the house of cards comes crashing down. Get a responsible level of debt, you get the leverage it enables you to be the beneficiary of that wealth transfer. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.